Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It is a bonus edition of the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. Mike North, Pappy, legend radio host on the score back in the day, of course, that's where we all know Pappy from, but uh, also at ESPN 1000 now and uh, doing work with the Barroom Network as well. A lot of fun with Mike today. We talked some Mitchell Trubisky, who he has defended adamantly. We talk about the perils of the media business in doing such things. We talk about sneaking into Soldier Field and Wrigley Field and having sex at Soldier Field. The one and only Mike North. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. Hit that subscribe button. Give a rating. Tell me if you like the conversation with Mike. Uh, I'll bring it to him, and uh, I'll mention it as well. Appreciate all the support. The Windy City Bears podcast starts right now. Showtime. Good to see you, Mike North. I like the way the lightning's hitting me. It's sort of like De Niro scene in Casino when he's <laughs> ginger stealing the chips. What's going on? What's I, happening, Mark? I feel like you watched Casino and Goodfellas earlier this morning after you woke up at 3 a.m. and started tweeting. Do you sleep over well, there? You know, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I I used to get home at 3. Now I get up about 3.15, 3.30. A great man. Uh, well, really, he was a guy that used to buy a spear set. Creative men gets up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Creative men get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I said, you're crazy. I said, no. He says, that's the truth. That's when you get your... You're yourself together. You're by yourself. Oh, yeah, you're by yourself. All right. I said, that will never happen to me. And all of a sudden, I'm waking up at 3.15, 3.30. I go to bed at 9. Uh, I pick my baseball team totals for the season based on none of them can be West Coast because I'll never see them play because I won't even see the pregame <laughs> show. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a whole new deal. I do get up. I start today. I didn't start really tweeting out till about uh, 4.30. Uh, which is late for me. Usually I start about 3.30. I watch the news. I'm pissed off by 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I want to go grab uh, grab some weapons and get ready because <laughs> things are coming. But uh, then I calm down, watch some sports, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I take a nap. I got up specifically for this. I took an hour and a half nap. So I'm, I'm yeah, oh, baby, let yeah. me tell you something. I'm perky. I'm ready to go. Uh, you always and forever. And uh, okay. I mean, everybody. Everybody knows at North to North, Mike North, but uh, if, if I, for our younger patrons out there, perhaps checking out the channel, uh, Mike is a Chicago radio legend, the face of the, uh, of the score when it started, WSCR Chicago, AM 820. By the way, 
1997, I believe. I was that was my first ever internship, uh, learning the, the business with Ricky oh. Rick Geezer producing Sharon Memolo in the morning, followed by yep. the monsters. And I, 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 whenever I get to talk to you, Pappy, I always tell the story. You, you walked in one day and you looked at me like, How are the lights? And I started looking up, like, 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 I, what do you mean, how are the lights? They're, they're fighting. Is anybody calling the show? Is the, right? <laughs> I, I didn't get the terminology at the time, but I, but well, you, you, you were, you were a businessman before the show. Is it, what's, what's going on here? How's business? Well, business was good. I mean, I was in business, uh, in the hot dog business on three hot dog stands. I worked for the Chicago Park District. I was in the service. Uh, I went to acting school, studied under David Mamet. Uh, I've done so many things in my life. I've been so many, so fortunate. I've worked at Fox Sports Radio. I went opposite uh, in the mornings for for three years. Mike uh, uh, Mike Greenberg, who I met in 1992, I'll never forget. I was sitting at a staff meeting the first time I met Greeny, and uh, I think we we're sitting next to each other, or we ran into each other because it, it was in a big staff room. And Danny Lee was in charge, the great owner of the Score and WXRT. And uh, just should, an innovator of radio. And uh, he put together, I think, the greatest sports station that ever existed. And uh, I'm sitting next to or near Greeny. And uh, he goes, how you doing, my man? And I go, I'm doing good. How about you? And, and Greeny didn't know who I was. He didn't know I owned a hot dog stand like three blocks away. Um, he goes, uh, I go, what's going on? He goes, good. I go, where'd you go to school? He goes, Northwestern. Where'd you go? I go, I'm a high school dropout. And Greeny's <laughs> Green, mouth was open, but then we got to know each other. We became good buddies. And when you look at the hires from that place alone, uh, uh, how they did it right, how a bunch of music guys did it right and helped establish, I think, sports on radio for the rest of its days on a lot of different channels. And like yourself, there's a lot of disciples, if you will, of the score who who still wish i think and still long for those days believe me no 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 question about it uh it was i mean i remember walking into the first time and i'm like this is so cool and henry yeah. anderson who was uh the executive producer of the whole thing he's like what are you talking about i'm like i mean what do you mean what am i talking about look that that's there's like i i just thought that i thought all well, of it was, what was funny is when you bring up what about the lights what happened is i brought in i used to say and and I know Les Grabstein used to credit me with this, the great late Les Grabstein, who I loved. Another guy that went to a public high school. He was from Von Steuben. I went to Sen. We right. were very proud of that. They don't, you know. And nowadays, you couldn't even get hired as a high school dropout. I know Steve Dahl was one. I was one. I don't think Stern did real good in school. Most of your guys were like complete dopes when it came to the classroom. Uh, but what about the lights? Uh, when I'd sit in, it, the whole thing to me was, if you can't get a bank of six lights going, okay, then whatever you're saying ain't interesting enough. So somebody, Ron Gleason, would come in our program director, and he'd tell me, you know, 4% of the uh, of the people only call. I never believed that because he once told me only people in the industry read Rob Feeder. I said, that's funny. I own a hot dog stand. I read the guy every single day. So <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People were interested. I knew. Radio people didn't know. TV people didn't know. But people that were everyday life loved anchors, loved the TV anchors, and loved their radio personalities in Chicago. And when I said, what about the lights? 
I had to see a full bank of lights. And if I didn't, I'd make sure we'd get a full bank of lights going when our show took over. Right. So that, and that's, it's an interesting thing to me, Mike, because what you're talking about and like, okay, just even how we're doing this show today, what's the most interesting topic that will bring people in do that, but also, you know, have integrity about your thoughts. So you're not just throwing something out there to get people on, right? Like mm-hmm. the bears should trade Justin Fields, which, <laughs> like, which, which, which I mean, you might actually think that they should and, 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 right. and whatever. But so, I give reasoning, Mark. Yeah. I, I give right. reasoning. That's the whole thing about these deals. If you're going to go, I like Cutler. I like Cutler. I like Foles. I like Foles. I like Glennon. I like Glennon. Well, give me some reasons. Give me some reasons why you like those guys. I'll give you reasons why I like Trubisky. You can give me reasons why you like Fields. It doesn't matter. It's from my observing since 1962, I believe certain guys, I think I know as much as 90% of the coaches out there is evaluating talent. The only guy I ever got wrong at quarterback for the Bears, basically wrong, was, was, uh, was for instance, Cade McNown. I thought he was going to be a stud. And I think the important thing is there are people still that walk around going, well, this guy never admitted he was wrong about this. Radio people don't understand. I was 40 years old before I got into radio. They don't understand what people know. People know. People keep track. This guy said Cutler was going to be this. Now he thinks he's that. You know, people don't like flip-floppers. So I try to stay true to what I stick to. It's hard sometimes, even with the Trubisky stuff. I think... If you ask me to have a party for all the people that like Trubisky in the media, I'd be alone in a phone booth. Um, you, you would. But which that's is not- good for me because there used to be diversity of thought. I think the main, the main thing is that the score back in the 90s, there would have been two or three guys that would have been for Trubisky and two or three guys that would have been against them. The fact that Blanket, the same guys that like Cutler, that liked Foles taking over for Trubisky, that love Fields, didn't like Trubisky. So I'm the one now still being asked at times to defend myself when probably the best organization in the history of football, the Pittsburgh Steelers, maybe if you want to argue New England with Tom Brady, has selected him at a great price, and uh, we'll see what happens. I think what's funny is that the over-under 7.5 for Steeler wins, I already bet the over. That's a gift. That's a gift. He's got a football team around him. I mean, that that's another thing Justin doesn't have around him, Mark, is a football team around him. He's got some pieces, so hopefully he don't get better. I never have anything against Fields, but people think because I like Trubisky that I have something against Fields. Fields already has been tainted by the Bears, so we'll see what happens going down the line. Well, so and this is how uh, today happened because you know occasionally we'll play back and forth on Twitter, and I and I love yeah. when I get a tweet from at North to North, and you're and I was yeah. like, I'm like, I'm hearing the same thing. With Fields, at least from some Bears fans that I heard right. with Trubisky, like people didn't want to say at the time, at least right. his, first, his first year in, that, hey, man, this might not be the dude. And so I'm saying the same thing with Fields right now. Eh, he might be, but he very well might not be. And I'm not yeah. – and to your, to your point, Mike, I'm not saying that the Bears did a good job using Mitch. I, I would say the Bears did a bad job. And uh, they still won with them, and that's why Nagy, I think, Mark – Really sabotaged himself. Uh, he wasn't going to be. He wasn't going to be Mahomes. Nobody's going to be Mahomes. But Mahomes may only have one Super Bowl by the time it's all said and done. Aaron Rodgers. If you would have told me in 2010, he's only going to have one Super Bowl victory, I would have said you're crazy. He's only got one. I think Mitch can win a Super Bowl with Pittsburgh. I saw 
The Bears go to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. I saw McMahon lead a team to the Super Bowl. Trubisky statistics dwarf McMahon statistics. McMahon in 85 had 15 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Trubisky, if he had a year like that, I would be on his ass the second, third, or fourth year. And so I really believe Nagy sabotaged himself. Uh, Trubisky won 60% of his games. He went to a couple playoffs. Not everybody wins playoff games, including guys like Ryan Tannehill and others. But uh, we'll see what happens. But I think this definitely sets the Bears back a little bit uh, for a couple of years. And I saw the 70s Bears. Let's hope it's not that ugly. Let, let's let's hope not. I'm, yeah. I got to defend Jim McMahon. I just Donald, want right? you to be in your top 20. You know, you, you get on Twitter. You go, God, it's ridiculous. And I agree with you. I tear up. I go, the man wants to be in the top 20, the media top 20. He wants to be in. <laughs> Yet he says, I only think 3% that Trubisky will make it. You stop yourself. I'm trying to help you. I go, don't do it. Take it off, Twitter. Take it off, Mark. Please, you leave it up. And then people remember this. And then when it's time to push you at the top 20, they go, Trubisky's going to the playoffs for the Steelers. What did Mark say? Oh, well, we can't put him in this. Then we have the tearful thing again. It's like gone with the wind with me. It's a yearly thing. Right. If, if, if people don't get the reference here, Jeff Agrist of the Chicago Sun-Times yes. puts out the top 20 Chicago media people every year. And every year, I'm not fucking on it. So it hurts and, me. It hurts me here. It, it just, it, I mean, I, I, I gotta, I'm, I'm just, and I know that, uh, that I, I must be 21. I gotta be 21. I'm, uh, Per at, per at, or two twenty one. It's somewhere in between those two, but uh, no, I like to. I like. I just like to have fun with it. And and who knows? Maybe, yes. maybe one, who, you can one, laugh at yourself, and I'll be the first to tell you. I couldn't do that when we first started. We didn't know even what to think. They told us we were going to last six months, so we didn't even know how to act. You know. Well, well one thing that that uh, one story you've told, Mike, about that time, like your your meeting, uh, your your first interviews was with Harvey or with Ron? Was it Gleason? Well, my first interview was unofficial. It was uh, with Dan Lee. He came into my hot dog stand, and I read Robert Feeder's column where Danny Lee said he was going to start a, a jazz or country station. He walks into my hot dog stand, and I said, you're Dan Lee, right? He goes, yeah. I go, I just read you're going to start a jazz station. I says, I, yeah. He goes, I'll tell you what. I said, you should start a sports station. There's like 12 of them right now, one in San Diego, one in New York, the fan, one in Denver, one in Kansas City. He goes, now we're music guys. And then that weekend, he went home, and he bought the Sunday Tribune on Saturday night and the Sunday Sun-Times, and uh, he counted the amount of ads in the entertainment section. And there's like three, four ads, you know, uh, BTO coming to, you know, whoever, coming to the Chicago Stadium or whatever. Then he went to the sports sections and saw 54 ads between the two play papers. That Monday, he changed his mind and decided to start a sports Smart station. man. Smart man. Yeah, very Ooh. smart man. The, the the story I'm referencing is somebody told you like, hey Mike, we're gonna use you as a part timer yeah. on weekends or whatever, and you're like, no 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 no, I'm a full time guy. Do yeah. not mess this up. And it, like that level of confidence, uh, and and Here's advocating, uh, well, it's, it's, it's to advocate for yourself like that when you have no idea if you're actually can really do it. Like you nice. think you can, but you don't really know. You can't know. You haven't done it. So I, I like I love that. I love that part of what. Well, you what happened, Mark, is that I had been doing a year and a half, two years of uh, paid radio, a uh, brokered radio. Right you, right. you can't do what we're doing here. You had yeah. to go to an actual radio station. I put three hundred bucks down one hour every Saturday to WSBC. do a show in the morning 
played at uh, uh, played at night uh, on 1240 yep. a.m. And it would me and B would drive around the Chicago area for the hour because it was taped listening to it. I almost had tears in my eyes. I couldn't believe I was on the radio. Dan Cahill listened to the Sun Times. But once you got past 53, it would start to fade because we lived in Palatine at the time. So I'd hit yeah. 53. I go, damn, I can't hear myself when I turn around. <laughs> but I walked in uh, to Ron Gleason's office. He called me in for an interview. He had been in my hot dog stand, heard me talking to the people. And Danny Lee and some of the other guys from XRT who had come in and said, if you get this guy, he knows all the sports. He won't have an off. He won't have an off season. He knows hockey, football, basketball. He go, He knows everything about sports. I go in there, and and they told me they're going to give me uh, weekends, weekends after the interview. And they called me a couple weeks later. You're going right. to do interview uh, weekends. I go. I'm 39 years old. I got a hot. I got hot dog stands here. I said, What do you think I've been doing? Starving to death. I I go. You better, you should hire me as your regular guy. Well, we already got somebody. I go, and I knew if I went weekends, once you go weekends in the business, it's right. hard to get out of weekends. It, it you is. You get tagged with that weekends. You get, yep. t- once you go overnights, you get tagged for overnights. Oh, he's an overnight guy. He's a weekend guy. So I told him, I said, I caught, went back to BB. She's at the hot dog stand. I said, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to take it. She goes, are you out of your mind? You've been driving me nuts for six months. Am I going to get it? Am I going to get it? You think I'll get the job? You think I'll get the job? She goes, you've been driving me nuts. They want me to do weekends. So I told Ron Gleason I'd get back to him. I call him back. He goes, we've decided we're going to give you a six-month trial. The guy that was supposed to do it backed out with Jiggets. And then they brought me and Jiggets in. We did a practice show, and the rest was his. Who was the guy? Do you know? Uh, Allegedly. And I love him on Twitter, Bruce Wolf, allegedly. Okay, Bruce Wolf backed out. I I think Bruce is the guy that turned it down. I think he'd tell you that. Okay, okay. He gets mad at me about it sometimes. I didn't do nothing. (laughs) No, no. And Bruce has done well for himself. Bruce does well for himself. He he had a very he had a lengthy career doing it. Come on, Uh, uh, and and hey, he had a career a lot of people would love, just like like every everybody has. If you're in the public eye and you were fortunate enough to do radio. Yeah. At any amount of time, and hopefully for a long time, you're very fortunate. Well, the other thing, too, by the way, if you – just as far as the whole business is concerned, if you yeah. can sit there on a, and, and do four hours of radio, at least in my mind, you can do anything. You can get in front of a TV and talk for 20 minutes. But a four-hour show every day, have something interesting to say, get reaction, be in it, that's the that's the ultimate training ground in my mind. We didn't have uh, – we didn't have – we'd come in. Jiggets would come in. I'd get in. I was already prepared. So a lot of my stuff was written on cocktail napkins from the night before, you know, watching the TV and the, and the writing got worse as it went along. <laughs> so I'm writing, you know, I, I, I take care. I'm going to talk about this tomorrow. I'll talk about that tomorrow. And Jiggs and I gave, Jiggs and I gave, and Jesse Rogers and the people that worked on that show, every show on that, 150% every day. We never knew when it was going to end. And by, by the way, it helped me with my TV. My wife and I produced some shows. We had a Great yeah. show out of a restaurant. We won two Emmy Awards. So it just all came together at the right time. I mean, it would never happen today because today everybody's so sensitive about everything. So it would be tough. I feel bad for the guys. I saw Dan McNeil on Twitter saying early earlier he feels bad for the guys today because, you know, if you got to think before you pull out the holster, 
That's that's taking away a little bit of your creativity. If you think you you may be in trouble for something, then you don't do it. But you never know. That could have been the thing to put somebody over the top. I never thought about that. I already had money. I already had been in business. I was 39 years old already. I'm gonna do it the way I want to do it. And how and 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 regardless, I had I had the bosses yell at me twice a week. You can't say this, you can't say that. And I kept saying it. You can't change nothing unless somebody is willing to put themselves on the line. And it worked out for a real long time. Y- yep. Yep. And it's uh looks it, it's it's dangerous out there right now for anybody in the oh. business. Very, very dangerous. And I don't think I would have come up with Jagback. I mean, no. you know. No, and I, well, you did you did things like some of the funniest things that that happened. Like you had hug a Jew day, you had hug a black day. Right. I mean, it was it was you could never do that now. And you and, couldn't, and it was all for the right reasons, uh, you know, because you were um, it it was it, it was actually a loving thing you were doing. It was and, a loving thing I did, but everybody uh, in the media turned it around and tried to make it. No, I worked for the Chicago Defender. I'm the only I'm the only white boy to ever work for the an all black newspaper. Um. That's why I was comfortable, because I had no agenda. I just wanted, uh, I thought we were ignoring our, our black listenership. We didn't do any remotes that way. And so I said, I'll bring them to me. And we had lines all the way down the street. We had soul food and everything else. Jesse Jackson showed up the whole ball of wet. Wasn't happy at first. And then we became <laughs> best friends. He says to me, what is this about? What is this about? I go, well, it's about we're not doing enough in the black community. He goes, what do you mean by that? I said, because we had a private meeting. And I said, but we don't have to do any remotes. We don't go down there. We don't have a lot of black businesses. I grew up in this town. I, I went to Santa High School. I got millions of black friends. I played football, baseball, basketball. We became best friends. And later on, we worked together to get the Ernie Bank statue. So these are untold stories that... They like to slip under the rug because it makes certain people look good, including Jesse. I, I had a moment with Jesse that's not – it's a little bit similar. It was one Jack, <laughs> a little bit similar. So with Jackie Robinson West, right, they, when right. they were and, – and people, that got turned sideways that they were taking kids across oh, yeah. the district. Like, who, I don't care where they came from. That story's awesome. I could care less if, they, if you took the kid from across the street. But, but regardless well, of that. Like, look at Danny Almonte. He was young. He was from right. Brooklyn. He was a little, a little – it had nothing to do with that. It's, it's, we had a, a little league team here. That had it, issues, it, right? It, it was a, it was a great, great story, and it brought the city yep. together. It was awesome. And so I, I went down to Operation Push when they were doing it, and I went to interview Jesse, and and he he just looks at me, he's like, "Who are you with?" And like Jesse was sizing me up as to That's what I was going to do. Yeah, who you, I'm I'm with WGN Radio, Jesse. This is a this is a favorable story. Don't 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 think I'm trying to turn this into anything other than I love. Uh, everything that's going on down here. So, but he's a strategist. Anyway, I want to go here. I want to wind back to just some of the crazy, get to a little bit around the bears. One of my other favorite stories with you, uh, Mike was you, you worked for the park district. So you were around soldier field. I I walked around soldier field this past week. I'm trying to save the bears in Chicago. I don't care that it's a dump. I, I bring back old Comiskey, bring back the stadium. I like going to arenas where I, where I can smell urine and popcorn. Like I don't need, it doesn't need to be uh Shay Quee here for me to watch a game. I don't care if my knees are up against the seat in front of me. I, I, you know, so all that stuff, uh, people are like, all right, soldiers are dumb. You on the other hand, I believe you told the story. You snuck into Soldier Field and had sex with your wife on the fifty-yard line on the sea. Is that is am I am I remembering that right? 
Absolutely. I was dating Bibi. We went to, uh, I drove her to Soldier Field. She knew nothing about football. I said, you have to go see uh, the Bear Stadium. And she goes, well, she goes, okay. You know, so we went to see the Bear Stadium and they had the doors and they had the chains on the doors. And I knew everywhere to get through things. I used to sneak into Wrigley. Uh, when the Bears were there, I, I still think they should be playing at Wrigley. That's how archaic I am. I love it. Uh, the guys used to throw their ticket stubs to us over the right field wall in Coke cups. And then we'd take the ticket stubs and go in. Or the Bernie Brothers truck would move, come in off Waveland, you know, and go in that big sure. door. We'd walk, the card would be on one side. We'd walk alongside the, the one on the other side. We walked in with the Honey Bears at Soldier Field. There was, you were standing by an, a wrought iron gate the other day. And I said, look at this, Carmen. Look at this guy. I said, we used to sneak in by going up those stairs. I knew you were you at. And there was a cheap-ass cyclone door fence up there with a roll of barbed wire. And we used to scale that and climb over. <laughs> and I love it. Put our leg over. We never, I never paid to get into a bear game. Never paid, um, had the time of my life at, at all the parks. Uh, at Wrigley was the best. And then Soldier Field with the AstroTurf crown. I mean, you had actually running, uh, you know, Ricky Watch running an out pattern and going downhill. Uh, yep. But you know what? I think I know, I know you want Soldier Field. I know they did it wrong to begin with. They should have knocked the whole damn thing down and built a new tribute to the soldiers. Instead sure. of keeping the same columns up and making it like I've always said, the Jetsons meet the Finsons. But to make a long story short, me and B, we got in. The lights were sort of on, but they weren't. You know, you, there's the sea in the middle of the field. Bingo. You got to make my dream come true. Let's go. <laughs> that, that, and that's, now she knows the bears left and right. She knows the bears left and right. That that's a keeper times ten, oh, and uh, I got the CB before we got the show going on. Oh, so, she's the best. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it, you. It's 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 a beautiful thing. So so that was that was an astroturf or grass field at that point. It was astroturf. Well, it was astroturf, uh, but we, uh, you know, we had some bruises, you know. <laughs> but so it was uh, a beautiful thing, and that's when we were young and goofy, you yeah. know, and uh, had fun and. Uh, it worked out. I mean, what can I tell you? We did. We I did stuff that, you know. I used to jump the third rail. I mean, on the L, you oh know. And yeah, and now you 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 shake thinking if you tripped. Me and my buddies used to sneak in, and uh, on Loyola Avenue there was this wall that was easy to scale, and you'd get up there, right by the Sheridan by Loyola University, that land, and we'd get up there, and then you had to go across the tracks, and there's that third rail. If you touch that rail, you're gone. And it's we over. knocked over it like it was nothing. We must have done it 10, 12 times. And now I think about it. I go, one bad move, and I'm not here talking to Mark, for Christ's sake. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how life works. It was uh, different back then. We didn't have video games. We didn't have all that crap. You know, we we had to go out and amuse ourselves, you know. Which which helped your athletic ability, by the way. I'm sure you were playing. <laughs> so our, our guy, Dan Levy, by the way, wants to know your Will Chamberlain story. I don't know if you're willing to tell that one. Oh, yeah. Well, Wilt, uh, uh, say hi to Danny. God bless yeah. Danny. One of the greats. He um, is. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, Jesse Rogers uh, tells me we we got Wilt Chamberlain coming to Hollywood Casino. We had a show at Hollywood Casino. I'd won at Pasta Pasta, one Hollywood Casino. It was on CBS. <clears throat> and Wilt Chamberlain um, 
He tells me we got Will Chamberlain. I go, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and he goes, no, we got Will Chamberlain. He's got a book out. You got Will. Now, we had Fisk. We had Jake LaMotta. Jesse Rogers, the greatest producer, I think, in sports radio history. Also good at what he does now. And uh, fearless. Uh, the only two guys he never could get me were G Bobby Knight and Joe DiMaggio. Those were the wow. only two guys we couldn't get. So he go, <clears throat> we got him coming in. And he's going to have dinner at your house the night before. Well, he flew in. He met somebody. He called me. He goes, I can't make it tonight. I met somebody on the plane. I go, it's fine with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, he comes on uh, with us at Hollywood Casino, full house, at, uh, just banquet room. They had to have it at. You got the... And then afterwards, we we ate at the Fairbanks room. Me, John Suntress, Jesse Rogers, BB, our whole crew. And Will Chamberlain ate two lobster tail. He had a steak, two bottles of champagne. The guy was fit as a fiddle, was the nicest guy in the world. And I told my guys, I said, I want you to remember something. We got Jordan. This is the Babe Ruth of basketball. 100 points in the game. 50 average 50 points one year 25 rebounds this guy here nicest guy in the world we loved him we revere him we still talk about him when we get together uh, we were listen, sorry when, when he passed on to yeah i mean listen i grew up in the, the carmen family I had two older brothers and wilt was the things that were talked about wilt gail yep. sayers jim brown oh. and, and uh, and then when Mike came along, it was you know this is this is like a comet that's hitting. That's, well, that's Michael Jordan's the greatest I ever saw. But I mean, I saw some great bulls. I, I, the bull that's ignored to me, Artis Gilmore. I mean, he's he's ignored. It, uh, I, the A Train, it, love him, and uh, I've yeah. talked to him fairly recently. And the fact that he's not in the top seventy-five of all time in NBA history is a, is is, is, is is a crime. Um, and well, he didn't keep in touch, apparently, with the Bulls, Brass, or what have you. They have their favorites in. I still have a sticking point. I, look, I have nothing against Harold Baines, but, Danny, you know, you got guys like Murphy not in the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame. And when you look at – and I like Harold Baines, but I've never – I just think Hall of Fames, whether it's basketball, baseball, whatever, it's become political a little bit. When you got guys like Tony La Russa and Jerry Reinsworth prepping for you, I mean, that Jerry Krause didn't get into after he died into the Basketball Hall of Fame was one of the great jokes of my lifetime. There's no doubt about that, Mark. See, I mean, that, guy put a, that guy put a pretty good team together around Jordan. See, he did. And, that, you know, I was critical of him, but come on. I mean, the six championships as a, as a GM. See, this this one I will fight you on. I, I, I feel like if, if you – listen, you, were, you inherited the greatest player of all time and mm – -hmm. Pappy, he tried to trade Scottie Pippen for Sean Kemp. If David Kaplan doesn't know some scout and reports the story, then all of a sudden Kemp's here. We might he might have cost us three titles. And like I I I just I was never I was At never. You, I understand where you're coming from, but he also got Scottie Pippen for Olden Polonies. He did. So that's one that you got. See, this is what I'm trying to help you with. The that's the one. that's the one. That's the one. The one he one All Star, one can one perennial All Star in his entire career. With him, listen to this. When everybody said it wouldn't work, Dennis uh, Rodman. He brought in uh, Dennis Rodman. Uh, okay. And Jordan, don't give me. Yeah. He brought in Rodman, who when Pippen missed 38 games, Jordan said, "I need you." They won almost every game. I mean, so. He brought he asked, but I'll go along with you. When you have Jordan, but Rod Thorne wasn't going to pick Jordan either if he got the first pick. He was going to pick Bowie. 
and then the Bulls would not have the six. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, the first two goofs took somebody else besides Michael Jordan. So think about that. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah, right. Listen, if they had one, they they probably would have taken Akeem, and if they had two, I if they would have taken Sam Bowie. That would have been the worst of all time. Yeah, what they, you know what, Akeem, if Jordan doesn't retire, I'm sorry. You know, there are only two championships are when Jordan retired and when he comes back, they win Jordan right. wins again. So right. I don't ever want to hear Houston fans, and I know some good guys out in Houston, Joe George, some good announcers, some good hosts. I always tell them if Jordan doesn't retire, you guys you guys don't have those two titles. Because Clyde Drexler was not going to stop Michael Jordan. It wasn't going to happen. No, apparently those two, by the way, are, are good buddies now, Clyde and Clyde and Mike, which well, is they weren't before. No, 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 they weren't. But I guess from the dream team and, and moving forward, let, let me let me let me pivot back to the Bears quickly here, Mike. So sure. do, do you think that they have it right with 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 Eberflus and Poles? I don't know. This is the first time I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. But if anybody says that I keep reading in the paper, oh, they're doing this right or they have this type of philosophy or I've heard this garbage before. I don't care if it's Dick Geron, Abe Gibran. Jim Dooley, if it's uh, Lovey Smith. Here's what I do know. The three coaches that have been fired by the Bears, Lovey Smith, Mike Ditka, and Matt Nagy all had winning records. And, and and Matt Nagy, I'm not saying, look, he sabotaged, in my opinion, the fact that we didn't hear anything from 2019 about the issue with Trubisky and Nagy when Nagy didn't show up to the meeting, we hear about it after they're both gone. That That's bad news. I think that's not a good thing for the look of the media in this town. Just like the fact that we're hearing about something that happened with the Blackhawks 11 years ago, and it's just coming out. You know what I'm saying? I just think the media, there's people sitting on stories in the media because nowadays you don't work for the, for the Sun-Times or Tribune anymore. If you are a Bear beat writer, you're working for the Bears. Because if the Bears go to a WGN, or if they go to, uh, let's say they go to, you know, I know you got Mark Carmen covering us. I'm not, we're not fans of his, you know? Right. Uh, he wrote something that we didn't like, and we want him out. You're probably gone. The days of backing somebody, because let's say Briggsy. Let's say Brad Biggs, who's been with the team since 2001. Let's say Brad Biggs comes out and says uh, after after and I shouldn't say Biggsy. Let's just say a generic name after this Trubisky fiasco. Bears did Trubisky wrong. Whole front office should be fired. The Bears go to the to the paper and they go, you know what? This was wrong for him to write. We're not happy with. That. I'm not sure this happens anymore. But Dallas did this. Back then, they'd get rid of a sports writer like Ed Stone or something, but there was another beat. There ain't no other beat if you're a bare beat writer now and you're taking off that beat. Everybody else has got a beat. Oh, you want to go? Can't go on the White Sox beat. Can't go on this beat. So I just think there's been some guys in the press um, that have been compromised because just like in the radio, you you got to watch your P's and Q's now, Mark. You really do, because I think the NFL now has a stranglehold on this publicity that they never had before. It was used to be what the newspapers said went. It's the other way around now. Right. And looks and all the teams now they're they're getting their own YouTube channels. They're 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 hiring people to get mm-hmm. content to bring directly to them because they're seeing the money and they can control it. So yeah. it it's not it's never going back. And no. and we 
uh, we don't I we don't I don't I don't need to name names or whatever going through it. No. I, uh, but but like we've seen it happen in this town many times. Oh dude, yeah. Dude reports something, next thing you know, he's in Florida teaching at a college. I mean that that's, I agree. I agree. I know who that is. Yeah. I know one guy that ended up in Buffalo. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? And that and, was covering the Blackhawks. I mean, we could talk about this endlessly. I mean, there's guys that uh try to do their job in an honest way, but you got to now hedge. Like I said earlier, I remember Ron Gleason. I told I told some guy on the radio, you're a jag off on the radio. And I get called in. And Gleason says to me, you can't say that on the radio. I go, why not? You said you want a street guy. That's what we say in the streets. He goes, you can't say that. Well, you told me I couldn't say I drink alcohol. And we say it all the time now. We do the world tour. It's working out. That's how they used to go. Don't say it. I go. He goes, come up with something different. I go in. I go, Jigs. I go in. I go. I go. Jigs goes, oh, what happened? I said, <laughs> I said, I said, that. I said, I knew that was going to happen. You know what I mean? Jigs so great. Oh, the greatest. He goes, I knew that might happen. And, you know, Jigs would fight his battles. I'd fight mine. We didn't fight each other's battles. I go, I got to come up with something else. And I came up with Jag Bag. Now it's in the Urban Dictionary. So if you're not allowed to be creative, you know, if if he said, don't say anything, maybe I don't say anything. And I don't come up with the word Jag Bag. I came up with it in five minutes, and now it's in the Urban Dictionary, and my name's on it. So I actually invented a word. So, 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 and then when I hear people say so and so's a jag bag, and I have nothing to do with it, it makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Well, did he did he back you after you came up with? Okay, Mike, I like that one. Yeah. Well, that, oh, so well he backed a- me after I came up with it on the air, and he people loved it, and then it became a segment. We got a sponsor, Jag right. Bag of the Day. So. That's how things, but if you're not allowed to be creative, if you're not allowed to take chances, you have, I guarantee you, you and all the other guys doing radio now have six, seven bits just laying there that you'd like to do, that you would have liked to do over the years, that you go, "Ah, ah, ah, I better not do that. And that's that's wrong, I think. You got to take your chances. And there's nothing you can do because you don't want to be with, I never did sports radio for money. If I did it for money, I wouldn't have been as good. I never did it because it was a job I had to have. If I did it as a job I had to have, I wouldn't have been as good, and I I would have been gone a long time ago, way see, before that. See that that's the thing. If you're if you're a grinder, uh, and you're and you're trying to you're you're trying to scrape together a living, and and yep. it's it's scary. What it, and you plus, know? I, and, and with all due respect, I get taken care of great by ESPN. I get uh, Danny Zetterman and Randy Merkin, and before that, Adam Delavan brought me in and. You know, I, I, you know, it's a cherry on the Sunday because I used to be the Antichrist over there, and great people work over there, and uh, I know it shocked a lot of people in Chicago when I did get that job, and Carmen DeFalco, one of the greatest people I've ever known, great guy, everybody loves Carmen, and we got a nice team over there, so that's just been the cherry on the Sunday to, to after thirty years to be at ESPN one thousand, so I'm proud of that, and I work, uh, I did my podcasting, somebody. I liked this bare bar room when I watched it, just like I like your stuff. And I called the guy. I said, I'd like to do a little bit. And now we've been together four years. So it's all good. Social media has kept everybody going. It's it, that too. The Mike Norton, maybe the bar room network, check it out. ESPN 1000, the odds couple. I, I, I do have a beef with that just a little bit here, Pappy. Like, can, can we, can we, can we, can we get a live show on Saturday morning? Let's go back to back. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get a double, double more Pappy. 
You know what? I learned a long time ago. I'm just happy. To, I, I'm where you guys are at now. I'm just happy to be here. I like doing the show. I pushed. I Look, I did a gambling show in 1989. I was so far ahead of everybody else. It was called the NFL Handicap Show. That is the one that I broke in time for. Dan Cale would put it in. I got a niche audience because I thought gambling was right around the corner. I never thought when I went to Adam Delavan, I have an idea. And Jeff Schwartz came up with the odds couple. And I laid it all out, and they sort of liked it. And he saw my record in the Sun-Times. I think at the time for best bets, I was 18-1. and one. He says, we got to get this guy. I don't care what's going on. <laughs> and I never thought in, like, 2017, 18, when we started, that there would be the advent of gambling, of sports gambling. This should have been brought in a long time ago. And I still think we're just, Ohio doesn't even have sports gambling right now. There's a lot of states that don't have it. This should have been brought in a long time ago. Well, and let I, I said I'd keep you 30 and we're at 40. Let's, but let's keep wrap it as whatever you want. I got, uh, I got nothing to do. I uh, look out the window. <laughs> well, well, let me where it's going here. Let's say the Bears get there. They're they're going to do what they're going to do, and they're oh, say so, so they move out to Arlington Heights. They get there. I have two topics actually for you. Number yeah, one, uh, well, number one, I mean. Do you think overall it is good for sports, sports media fans in general, that basically all these things are going to turn into a, a casino? You're going to have your room where you can gamble. What What's going to happen on first to 10? Will they run? Will they pay? I mean, it, that it's, I don't, I get it. There's a ton of interest and there's part of me. I'm not even sure what part of me is, is queasy about it at the same time. I don't know how I'm you feel. You. Yeah. I, I don't think that because you own a team or you own a stadium, you should be able to have a window. You know, for people to bet at that stadium and you get a cut. I don't believe that's right, number one. Um, but I I think that you should be able to bet at casinos. Whatever way they decide to do it, here's what I do know. This is the first year, because I bet every day. <clears throat> I handicap every day until this year. I do it on Thursdays and Fridays at the beginning of baseball. Just for the odds couple and other things. I don't do it every day like during football season because you get burned out. And there's people out there. I just read where there was $230 million bet this on March Madness. Yeah. There goes the fridge. There goes the stove me and exactly. Ma were going to buy. That new car you wanted, Jimmy, it's gone. Exactly. We had Duke. That's what's going on. That $238 million bucks that was spent in the state of Illinois on gambling usually would go to this department store, that place, that restaurant. All that money is going to one spot now, and it's hurting. It's going to eventually hurt Joe Monta, who think they can make a living gambling, and the next thing you know, they're going to the bank and trying to get a loan. So I think that's dangerous. Um, I also think that... Uh, you just got to be careful when you're gambling. And what I did this year is I took four teams at the beginning and I bet a nickel on each, 500 on each. I bet 500 on the under Tigers, 78 and a half, 500 on the Cubs, over 74 and a half wins, 500 on Tampa Bay, over 89 and a half wins, and 500 on the Red Sox, under 85 and a half wins. Put two grand down. Every night I got four games. Every night. I have a bet every night. I don't have to call nobody, handicap, put in a couple hundred dollar bet each day. Those are my four teams. If people tell me, oh, some guy told me the other day, oh, what are you rooting for the Cubs for? I, the guy was from Springfield. I go, I, he doesn't know I got money on the Cubs all year long, right? 
He's in Springfield with his pants around his ankle and a pennant on his in his hand. You know, go go Cubs. That's the investment right. he puts in. Right. I actually put money on the Cubs. Right, uh, and I love that. By the way, that's like yeah. okay. That's my two thousand dollar all summer that's investment, and, and and I'm excited every single night because I'm paying yeah. attention. I got so, no West Coast games. I'll never make it. Right. If I took the Dodgers, I, it's nine o'clock. I'm like this. You know what I mean? Forget about it. Right. And that's why we get the sweet starting. With the starting. coming out of the side of your mouth on the pillowcase. There, there's nothing better for me. I wake up at six and you've already got five tweets that I can react to. I love it. <laughs> that's that's how that's how I like to live my life. All right. La- Pappy, last one. Uh, and yeah. I, appreci- I appreciate all of it. I love it. Two football teams. The McCaskies, as rich as they are, and the franchise is worth $4 billion. I don't know if they have the money to actually do the stadium that they want to build. And I and they should get zero zero taxpayer money this should be completely a hundred percent and and if they don't want to do it there if you're going to leave soldier field empty listen i'm down with a second football team playing at soldier field bring back the damn cardinals i mean they're doing fine out in arizona now but why not why can't i mean you you remember the cardinals back in the day right well i i i I, what's funny about this is that we uh we used to drink at a place on divine avenue and one of the guys that came in was an older guy and he lived at uh one of those, uh, you lived in a, I guess you'd call it back in the day, one of those cheap hotels, transient hotels over on Kenmore. Uh-huh. He, he played for the Cardinals, the Chicago Cardinals, big son of a gun, but he was like on his last legs and stuff like that. The Chica- When I had Mayor Daly on my show, I worked for the first one, but the second one, I had him on my show. And I, when this was steaming up, uh, the carries, uh, the horse racing people, the South Side people, this has happened numerous times. We're trying to get a team on the south side. They wanted to bring a, uh, uh, two football teams back there. But I think the Chicago Bears, which is sort of funny, when you think the San Francisco 49ers and the Oakland Raiders for years, Mark, played, they were eight miles from each other. Right. I mean, that was it. Eight miles from each other. And uh, Hallis, let's face it, pushed the Cardinals out. They made things difficult. It was uh, the the Bears were always the monsters of the midway. They were the stepsisters. But I think if if New York can have two teams, even though they don't have one, they play in New Jersey. But if you have uh, L.A. teams playing, too, of course you could have two teams here. But I think – and that would make the Bears wake up. I always said that. Right. You know, it would make them wake up, and they'd have to do things seriously. And, and, and you know what? That's what I think has always been – which has been a puzzlement should have been helpful for the baseball teams, having two teams in town. And maybe you're starting to see that now. You're starting to see where the White Sox had actually more people than the Cubs the other day at their home opener. So maybe these teams are pushing each other now a little bit. Right. Listen, if you have bad ownership, it's not going to matter. But but, matter. but but if you in the 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 very the, the the point of there's competition over here that's going to raise me up. That's what happens. If, if somebody walks in the studio today, like, hey, Connor, we're going to be trying this guy out on, on video. It's like, oh, fuck. You know, I got, I got, I got, <laughs> you know, I got, my, you know, whatever's, whatever's left in the tank that I'm not using. Uh, by the yep. way, Simon, Simon, a big fan of yours, Pappy. Hey, uh, Simon. Awesome. Uh, the radio legend of legends. Uh, Simon, for, a man. There, there it is. Side, there, Simon. There. Simon Piazante. That's He's right. Probably- Probably Spanish or Hispanic. He, he, but I think I'll, 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 I'll see Italian type it in. 
I, I, I think we got we got multiple heritage there. Is, is my guess, but uh, and is that what it is? Is that I, what they call it now? Something, so, so, something like I that. Something that. like that. Yeah. I, I, he might have been at Basta Pasta at least once. I mean, come on. Oh, that was a that was a crazy place, man. I tell Dude. you what, there was a lot of packed house. Pete Rose packed house. You <laughs> packed you houses. Have, you have no idea how uh, it, uh, you have no idea how enjoyable it was to hear you do the Basta Pasta. Come to Basta Pasta. Was like, <laughs> people, people loved it. Well, what's uh, funny is you know you don't think you're getting old now. I'm not going to say how old I'm getting, but you just figured I was born in 1952. But what's funny is when I first met Carmen DeFalco, who I love, one of the great hosts, I mean, shows up to play. And I didn't know him that well. I always thought, you know, I'd call him Sylvie and call Sylvie Carmen. <laughs> Sylvie would go, hi, Mike. Hi, Carmen. Carmen would go, hi, hey, Sylvie. You know what I mean? And, 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 and they never corrected me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then I, I got introduced, and, and and Carmen has just been great. But I'll never forget, it finally hit me. He goes, uh, God, it's great to, to work with you, man. He goes, I can't believe I'm working with you. I go, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm working with you. I used to paint car houses in college and listen to you. I go, that's all, no, 95, painting houses in college, you know, listening yep. to you and, and Dan. So that's what it hits you, that, that you're blessed. Yeah, and uh, I'll just wrap on this. Like I, I've watched, you know, I've been around a lot of great uh, radio hosts over the years, from Cap to uh, yeah, my guy, but my guy Nick Wright. That's out. another guy that worked his way to the top. He I did. remember when he's covering high school sports, Cap. Yep, yep, yep. He's uh, a grinder who who busted all the way through. But so right. you, I remember like just watching you and Jigs, and you would <laughs> sit back like this, and the two of you would just stare at each other. So I'm like. This is a real relationship that's playing out on the radio. It was. It, it wasn't like you know. I'm on my phone and I'm talking and I'm just trying to fill my time and like okay now your turn to talk. Like there was an actual. It was just a good lesson in like hey man if it's going to be a good show I'm here looking right at you and we're we're in it and maybe I'm now I'm now I'm sitting up and I'm doing whatever I, I, I don't know if people get that it's in the nerd radio. No, there what was, I used to do it was during a, the break. Yeah, go like this during the break and then when it, when the red light goes on. You come up forward. This Jiggits is one of the greats. Doesn't get enough credit. He was a, a pioneer. I mean, he, national TV. He did CBS. Worked at the score. Uh, should get more praise uh, than he does. Uh, gentlemen of gentlemen. Uh, I, I I just think that when you don't sit in the same studio, you miss that dynamic. Yep. You also we became friends. Uh, did I piss him off? Oh, yeah. Did he piss me off sometimes, too? And you know what? But the thing we did is we'd have an argument on a segment. As soon as we went to commercial, it's over with, and we go to the next thing. We never begrudged. We understood what we were doing. We understood the game because we were a little bit older. And, uh, and 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 we started making inroads. And we knew we were hurting the newspaper business, what, which I love. I delivered the Tribune when I was 13, 14 years old. It was bigger than me. I mean, try carrying, try throwing a third floor, a Sunday Tribune, third floor. You're you're five foot nothing, you know. <laughs> I had to walk them up. People didn't. So so it's just been a wonderful ride, man. And uh, it's just been a great business. And I I continue to watch it, as you know. And I continue to be active, as you know. And uh, I have favorites. You're one of my favorites. You know that. And uh, uh, I just see guys that I know if I was a boss, I'd let them loose. 
and back them up. And that's how you that's how you change. That's how you make change. You don't make change by keeping everybody in a box. You let them go, and if the chips fall, then you got to have the back. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you're helping. You're helping yourself. You're helping them. You're, right. help, you're helping the consumer. It's a win-win-win. All right, I'm getting the I'm getting the hook because we got a show starting at at four here. But who's coming on after me? I, I I don't I don't know. Something's happening. I'm I'm not even sure. But hey, Mike, I for real, really appreciate it. Let's 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 do it again. Uh, Anytime, uh, whenever the season comes or whatever it is. So I mean, I mean, you know, every time the phone rings, I go to be. Is that Mark? And for three years, she has, <laughs> for three years, she has said no. I love you, brother. Love you back, Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks for watching the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast, uh, which we talked some Bears today, uh, but that was I really enjoyed uh, today's show. I'm, I'm sure. Oh, you I'm did. sorry we didn't put, we didn't talk about Trubisky for a half an hour. I was dating BB. We went to. Uh, I drove her to Soldier Field. She knew nothing about football. I said, you have to go see uh, the Bear Stadium. And she goes, well, she goes, okay. You know, so we went to see the Bear Stadium, and they had the doors, and they had the chains on the doors. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Me and B, we got in. The lights were sort of on, but they weren't. You know, there's the C in the middle of the field. Bingo. Bingo. It was AstroTurf, uh, but we, uh, you know, we had some bruises. There's people sitting on stories in the media because nowadays you don't work for the for the Sun-Times or Tribune anymore. If you are a Bear beat writer, you're working for the Bears. You know, it's a cherry on the Sunday because I used to be the Antichrist over there. You know, we had some bruises. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.